You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 302, Understanding the Gospels, the Gospel of Luke. So if you've been with us the last few few weeks, we've been uh, really kind of setting you up for success as you read through the New Testament this year. Just trying to give you some background on the Gospels as you work through them so that you can understand them better. Uh, I think sometimes we pick up the Bible and we we look at it as this uh, just a generic book um, with some moral teaching and some some proverbs to make us feel good about ourselves, but it's much much more than that. These were uh, letters and stories, and um, and and the gospels. Obviously, these were in some cases sermons that that were given to specific churches, specific group of people, groups of people to deal with whatever they were going through. And so today we make our way to the third gospel, the gospel of Luke. And as we've done. So far, we're going to start off by giving some background on the man himself. What do we know about the author? You know, um, I've written a bunch of books, and on the back of every one of my books is a little blurb about me. I give you some background, even got a picture on some of them. And, you know, and I like to do that. When I pick up a book, I want to read about the author. Who is this person? Do they know what they're talking about? Are they an expert? So, you know, the gospel writers didn't do that in the first century. They didn't, you know, leave a, an author blurb or, or, or a photograph, but we can still learn some things about them. So here's a, um, a few things. I'm going to give you three facts on Luke. First of all, number one, we know him as a doctor. Paul refers to him as the beloved physician in Colossians, the beloved physician. So uh, it, it actually makes sense because when you read his writings, and, and I'm talking about the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts, when you read his writings, he is obviously very, very educated. His Greek is the most beautiful and flowing in the entire New Testament. His vocabulary is bigger than any other writer in the New Testament. But it's not just that. He could have been a lawyer. He could have been something else. But the reason that, uh, you know, first of all, Paul refers to him as the beloved physician, so we know he's a doctor. But when he refers to anything having to do with medicine, sickness, illness, symptoms, whatever, he's always very specific in the language he uses. Uh, it's very obvious that he knows what he is talking about. So in the Gospel and in Acts... When he refers to Jesus healing people, we usually get a little bit clearer background and also a little bit more uh, descriptive detail of, of what the particular condition was. Number two, background on, on Luke, is he was a friend and team member with Paul. He and the Apostle Paul were good 
friends. Now, it's interesting because we really don't know where he came from. Some scholars would speculate that he came from the church in Antioch, that he was converted under Paul's ministry in Antioch, where uh, Paul and Barnabas worked for some time as pastors of, of a church there. Others would speculate that uh, he came from Philippi. There's a couple of reasons for that we might even talk about in a few minutes. But we don't really know where he he came from, but we do know he was uh, a Greek, probably the only non-Jewish scholar or the, the non-Jewish writer in the New Testament. But uh, a good friend of Paul's, a traveling companion, we'll, we'll talk more on that in a minute, but when we see him traveling with Paul, he's... He becomes part of the story. He becomes an eyewitness. He's very descriptive in the the travel, the the journeys that they took. And um, you know, we're just so indebted to Luke for leaving us these um, incredible writings, the Gospel and the Book of uh, Book of Acts. And then a third thing on on Luke that helps us to understand his writing so much better is understanding that he was a pastor. He writes um, as a historian, sure. As a scholar, absolutely. As a, a close friend of Paul's, absolutely. But really, he writes as a pastor. He cares about people. And one of the things that all great pastors do is they know how to uh, teach and preach and most of the effective communicators, in fact, the most effective communicators that I know, are the ones who make ample use of narrative. They know how to tell stories, and they know how to teach through those stories. And so Luke does this in his gospel. It's full of Jesus teaching people, and 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 he, he provides great lessons through um, his his account of Jesus' life. And then we see the same thing in the book of Acts as well. Um, he, he writes like a pastor. He's writing to people dealing with specific issues. And he's, he's not afraid to tackle those issues. And he shows us what Jesus thought about those issues. So absolutely imperative to understand that, that Luke was, sure, he was a doctor. Yeah, he was a great friend of Paul's. He was an educated Greek. But really, if I could say one thing about Luke that helps us to understand his writings, it's that he is a pastor. Well, don't go away. We will be right back. Now we're going to talk about the distinctives of the book when we come back. But first, I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my Two books, actually, Peter and Paul and Acts and New Testament Snapshots. Peter and Paul and Acts is a fantastic guide to use along uh, with your Bible as you work through the book of Acts. But one of the things that will really help you as we're talking about Luke is the fact that uh, I introduce both books, the Gospel of Luke and Acts, in, in this book, uh, Peter and Paul and Acts. I I really kind of do an introduction because the, the same template is used for both books, and there's so many uh, amazing similarities in how he wrote the book. So I would encourage you to check out Peter and Paul in Acts. And of course, if you read the Gospel of Luke, you've got to read Acts as well. So 
check out Peter and Paul and Acts. It was my first book. I'm very proud of it. It will be a, a huge blessing to you. And then also New Testament snapshots. We've got a chapter in New Testament snapshots on Luke that will um, obviously relate some of the material that we're covering here, but also go a little bit more in depth. And I know you'll love it. So uh, Peter and Paul and Acts, New Testament snapshots. Click on the links. It'll take you right to their page on Amazon and then scoop them up and be blessed. All right, well, we've talked about the background on Luke, but what about the book itself? When we're talking about the gospel of Luke, what what can we say about it? Well, one of the interesting things about Luke's writing is if you take the gospel of Luke and you put it together with the book of Acts, which he wrote also, you're talking about 25% of the New Testament. A quarter of the New Testament, Luke wrote. So he is a, 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 a definitely a person to, to be reckoned with in the New Testament. He was conveying something. And, you know, we mentioned that, that he was a pastor. Um, we also get a lot of great theology from Luke. He, he is not afraid to um, delve into theology, but, of course, he, as we said, he does it in the form of narrative. Luke also tells us a bit about how he wrote This is important. Listen to what he says. This is from the very beginning of Luke, chapter 1, verse 1. Many people have set out to write accounts about the events that have been fulfilled among us. They used eyewitness reports that are circulating among us from the early disciples. Having carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I have also decided to write a careful account for you, most honorable Theophilus, so that you can be certain of the truth of everything you were taught. Now, we don't know who the most honorable Theophilus is. Maybe he was uh, a government official. Maybe he was a friend of Luke's. Maybe he was a patron who was supporting Luke as he wrote this book. I mean, parchment and travel was very expensive. And, um, you know, maybe he was the, the, the money behind this venture. We don't really know. But this is who Luke is kind of dedicating the book to. Luke has some very specific themes. You know, one of the things we've been talking about is who was he writing to? Well, obviously, when you read the <coughs> excuse me, the Gospel of Luke, he's writing to a specific audience. And as a Greek uh, man, he's writing to a Greek audience. He is writing in a way that they would be able to relate to and understand. And while Jesus was was much more than a philosopher, Luke was mindful of the great Greek philosophers, and in some ways he sees Jesus um, in a a slightly similar way, um, teaching as a philosopher. He doesn't denigrate Jesus. He doesn't um, in any way, shape, or form say he's just a philosopher, but writing to a Greek audience, he shapes his book in such a way that it kind of gives a little bit of a a philosophical tone in some cases. Um, when you when you look at Greek art, you see the the statues and the beautiful sculptures. And one of the things that Greeks were known for was um, creating the ideal form. When you see a sculpture of a person, it's ideal. It's perfect. the The body is shaped just right. And really, Jesus is portrayed by Luke here as the ideal. Man, absolutely amazing account that he gives of Jesus. Now, talking about a few of the themes, 
First of all, Luke gives us the most detailed um, birth narrative. Matthew gives us one, but Luke really gives us a very detailed birth uh, narrative of Jesus in chapters 1 and 2. Um, one of the other things that, that Luke does is he focuses in his book, and I'm going to give you three themes. There's more, but I'm going to give you three themes that Luke kind of emphasizes um, as we've said before, uh, Luke makes ample use of Mark's gospel, but then he packs other information around it, other stories that were given to him by Paul, maybe some of the other uh, apostles, especially Peter and those who, who had actually spent time with Jesus. Um, and one of the things that you see in Luke's gospel is you see Jesus really reaching out to marginalized people. Uh, more than the other Gospels, you see in Luke, Jesus reaching out to women. It's in, it's in Luke that we find that Jesus actually had women disciples. Mary of Magdalene was a, a disciple, and there were several other women who were disciples as well. Um, we see that Jesus uh, reached out to, to children. Um, you see it a touch in some of the other Gospels, but it's in Luke that we really see Jesus um, caring for, for children. And this is something you don't see in other Gospels and other writings from the first century because children weren't considered useful members of society yet. Women were little more than property. So when you see Jesus reaching out to these types of people, this is a big deal. You also see Jesus um, really focusing on people that were outcast, the lepers, the prostitutes, the the tax collectors. And of course, you see it in other Gospels, but Luke really makes it one of his prime themes, the way that Jesus reached out to some of the marginalized people groups. A second theme that you see uh, within the Gospel, and again, we're talking about Luke as a pastor and a theologian, is you see an incredible emphasis on prayer. Um, Jesus is a man of prayer. Um, you see, and, and, and this is one of those things that you see over and over again. You see him spending time in prayer. And not only does he, he spend time in prayer, uh, and, I'll, and I'll just read this as one verse, but you see it over and over again. In chapter 5, verse um, 15 and 16, but despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. So obviously Jesus is popular. This is a, a peak in his ministry. But verse 16 says, But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Um, in chapter 6, verse 12, it says, One day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed all night to God. And then the next morning, he designated the 12 that were going to be his, uh, his apostles, his closest followers. So, so prayer is a, is, is a powerful theme for Luke. And of course, as a pastor, this would be something that you would constantly be teaching your church on, on how to pray and connect with God. But not only do we see Jesus praying, we see him also teaching his disciples. Now, again, you get it in other Gospels. It was in Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount that we get the Lord's Prayer. But it's in Luke where the disciples actually come to Jesus and say, Lord, teach us to pray. And so there's places where Jesus actually 
spends time working with his disciples on prayer. And then one other theme, and this is one that, uh, you know, is easy to neglect, but it's so important because it's mentioned in so many places uh, throughout the gospel and, of course, in the book of Acts. And that's the theme of the Holy Spirit. Luke was a man who operated in the realm of the Holy Spirit. He was a man who traveled with the Apostle Paul, who operated in the realm of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Miraculous things took place at the Apostle Paul's hands. And so Luke, as he writes, it's very uh, natural for him to write about the power of the Holy Spirit in operation in the life of Jesus and in others. In referring to the birth of John the Baptist, when the, and this is in chapter 1, when the angel was speaking with Zechariah, telling him that he was going to have a son. Um, he said he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. Um, when Mary went to visit Elizabeth, it says Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and later on in that same chapter, when John the Baptist was born, then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and gave this prophecy. Now, this is uh, an amazing thing because we often think that Jesus, of course, he was God. And so, you know, when he came to earth, he, he did things as God. But the reality is, theologically, yes, Jesus was the Word which became flesh and dwelt among us, but he came not to do miracles as God, but he came to do miracles showing us as the the ideal man how to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when you read Luke's gospel, in fact, I'd encourage you, when you read Luke's gospel, look at how many times he talks about the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit moving. And what you'll see is over and over again, um, the Holy Spirit moving in Jesus' ministry. And this really kind of is the pattern that God really left for us to depend on Him, to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important for us as Christians to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because as as we're told in, in, in Revelation and in John, that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. Because we're being filled with the Holy Spirit, we're being filled with more of Christ. And so, um, so when you see the Holy Spirit working, um, really, it's, it, it's Luke writing and teaching us the way that we should live also. So these are things when I go through and I read, especially the book of Luke, you know, look for these themes. This, you know, dealing with marginalized people, um, dealing with prayer. Look how many times Jesus prayed. It talks about prayer in the, in, in the gospel of Luke. And then also the, uh, the Holy Spirit. So those are just three themes, but there's many more. So I'm going to wrap it up there. Next week we'll be talking about John, uh, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Gospel of Luke. Um, what do you think? 
Uh, I love to read the Gospel of Luke. It's such a beautiful, beautiful uh, narrative about the life of Christ, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. So go to davidspell.com, leave me a question or comment in the comment section for this episode, and uh, you know, let's stay in touch. And while you're on my website at davidspell.com, uh, drop your email in the box so we could stay in touch. You can also click up at the top to uh, to give to support our missionary work. You can also click on the top up there where it says books and check out all my all my books. And, uh, you know, there's some great resources there. But by all means, sign up. Let's stay in touch. And we will see you next week on Leading and Learning.